I am so glad you could join us. I'm your host, Mo Gaudat. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing inspiring life stories and perhaps some nuggets of wisdom along the way. This is your invitation to slow down with us. Welcome to Slow Mo. Welcome back. Today, I am joined by an amazing young star who was so generous to text me on Instagram and say, I saw your work. I like what you're doing. It's making a difference. And that was, I actually go and click on the profile of everyone that texts me. So be careful if you, if you text me. And there she was, a true internet, you know, social media celebrity, if you want, close to 600,000 followers on Instagram, 680 or something on TikTok, a singer, songwriter. She was in stardom since the day she probably stopped being a child. Her story of how she became a star and and a singer is quite inspirational. I'll leave that for her to tell you. She then did a TED talk about it, which I actually thought was fantastic for teen TED. When I saw that story, I texted her back and I said, come and join me on Slow Mo. I think that could inspire a lot of people. And then I did some more digging. Now, she was on many shows that I don't even know. So yes, that's me. I, I also don't know the name of the British prime minister, the new one, and I don't know what happened in Italy. That's how I live my life. I choose to be updated by friends. That's something worrying happening somewhere, but I don't really watch any of that. Uh, But she was on Celebs Go Dating. She was on the X Factor something, band attempt or something like that. All right. Yeah. And then she released a few very successful singles and her new single Boyfriend is coming out about the time we will release uh, this episode. So my guest is Talia Storm. I'm sure you guessed it. Talia has been uh, also quite a bit in the spotlight because her mom, Tessa, was uh, always in another show that I have never watched. (laughs) (laughs) What the Housewives of Jersey. Right now, I looked at Talia's profile and somewhere uh, in all of the beautiful, beautiful videos and pictures. And if you haven't seen her on the Brits Awards, uh, you have not lived. You need to actually go check that out. And uh, somehow uh, I saw a wonderful human. I really I trust my judgment on those things. And I also have many friends who go through that spotlight, which tends to shape you in the eyes of the world in a certain way. It's not as glamorous all the time as uh, as we think it is, because somehow there is always another side to us uh, that is actually uh, as human, as, uh, um, as normal, as kind, as wonderful, as uncelebrity, as compared to, that, to what the spotlights make us look. So I'm here with that Talia today. So we're talking, of course, I'll have to introduce a bit of her work for you so that you know who she is, but I'm, uh, I'm sure you're going to be more dazzled by the true one than the one that is in the spotlight. So Talia, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, on the podcast. It's, um, oh, 
I did I mention that Scottish accent? You're going to have to search for that because <laughs> it pops up every it now and, and goes, then. It guys. comes and goes, guys. It comes and goes. Talia, thank you for reaching out to start. You're 23. 23. You've been in the spotlight since you've been 13? 13, my big break. Yeah, I want to start there, yeah. 13, because the man himself discovered you. And that story is, from one side, almost unbelievable. From the other side, it's so cute and kiddish. I know. <laughs> right? I know. And from the third side, it's probably what everyone should do. If, if you have a dream, that's what everyone should do. So t tell us what happened. So I was in a restaurant and I passed my demo tape to David Furnish. But it's much more... What, what, why did you have a demo tape to start? So ever since I was young, I, I only sing. It's all I do. I am the noisiest child, the most <laughs> entertaining. Okay. I would like make my parents come in and watch me perform a show like every night. And mm. I'd make my sister like dress up. That's just who I was. And um, my dad was in music. He did like film scores for um, like animated films and like big orchestral arrangements and um, that kind of side of music. And um, I would just beg him and beg him to like record me and you can imagine as a 12 probably started at like 11 12 like it's it's nothing it's nothing magical let's just say mm. so I had this demo tape and um, we were actually on holiday for my granddad's 80th birthday and um, he fell ill on the last day when we we're meant to fly home so we changed to hotel for one night and this is the part that even when I tell the story back I'm like this is actually insane we've changed fate We've changed the hotel for one night. We're not even staying in this hotel. It's a one night thing. We arrive there. Everyone's like walking around, kind of like mumbling that like Elton John's staying here. And um, I was like, did, oh my did goodness. You, did you just drop that name, Elton John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we dropped it. Yeah. So everyone's like, Elton John's staying in this hotel. So I'm like to my mom, I need to meet Elton John. So I'm like walking around the lobby, like hoping that I'm going to bump into him. Obviously, Elton John, I'm sure, doesn't just take the main entrances and exits of hotel. But you know what? We're young. And um, obviously, I didn't meet him. And the next day, we get up. We've got our airport clothes on. We're having breakfast, our final meal, before we head to the airport to fly all the way back to Scotland. And I see David Furnish, Elton's partner, um, two tables away from us at breakfast. And I was like to my mum, do you think I can pass my demo tape to him? And my mum laughed at me. And she was like, look, if you're prepared to be very embarrassed by a giant no in front of this entire breakfast room, then on you go. So I was like, don't you worry. I took my younger brother, who is like, I think he must have been four at the time. And his mm. name's Zach. Um, and Elton and David's kids, one of them was called Zach. So I was like, this is perfect. And my younger brother is just so cute. So I was like, who's going to turn a child away? Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> strategy at 13. <laughs> strategy at 13. Yeah. So I take my younger brother and I'm like, hi. And he was with these, this, it was like a golfing hotel, I think. So there was like 20 people on this table, like all guys, golfers. And I'm like, this is funny. T uh, so much time for me. But it's like, where are you from? You know, I'm like, Scotland. And then he had a story about Scotland. Everybody has a story about Scotland. And I'm like, oh my God, it was great. It was yeah. great. And then I gave him my demo tape and then that was it. And he was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Elton. And like, I genuinely didn't think anything of it. I thought that was it. Like, cool. So we fly home. He was just, you know, yeah. telling you to go basically. Exactly. That's what you thought. Right? I, I I mean, th think about this. When my daughter was 13, my daughter's amazing. So, but, but when she was 13, I think the ambition was, uh, Dad, can we go to Toys R Us? <laughs> You're like, Mom, can I go talk to Elton's partner? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to think back on it, I think, um, yeah, I, I do think I am very lucky in that I'm born with that like fire inside. I don't think it's something that I, oh, I can't even take credit for it. I generally think it's just I'm born with is it. Is it fire or is it, I mean, 
did you where did you have butterflies in your stomach? Were you feeling like this is oh you know what am I doing or was it just normal to you? It's like David is as, as a human being if he turns me. Well, I think I, I'm not gonna lie. I can't really remember the like the exact emotion I was going through, but I just I feel like I've not changed in a way that if I want something, I've got no fear in taking the risk. Very big. You know, very big. So I will. I'm. I'm. I'm still like that. I'm still scared. Like I'll still get scared no matter what the thing is. But anyway, that, nothing's changed in that sense. And we're flying home. It's like connecting flights to get all the way back to Scotland. It's the next day, and then um, we're going through security, and my mobile rings, and it's like a Sony Ericsson flip phone. It's not rung the whole <laughs> holiday. It probably doesn't even have credit on it. Like, and I'm like, hello, and um, he was like, hi, is this Talia? It's Elton. <laughs> yeah like it, it was so like not real you know like even when i think about it now this is actually insane and we were at that point in security and, and he just doesn't co- you know even want to go further it's just elton elton just so, elton yeah it's He's like, just elton and who, elton who right? <laughs> elton who and um all all our family are going through security and we've like we're halfway through it so you can't go back and we're like, oh my goodness, I'm like, like looking at my mum, like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, I've not, I've not, I've not planned the next step. It was just like, a, you know, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. And then um, eventually we got through security. It was very dramatic. I started crying actually, because I've, they were shouting at me, telling me to turn my phone off. And then I had to like hang up Nelton. And then when Did we- you? Yeah. And then when we got through, I mean, it's I, not- I think that gets him. Yeah. Right? It's like, who's this? Like, who's, the, who's, who's this, this child like, hanging up with me? It's like, uh, uh, hi, I'm Elton. Yeah, call me later. I'm busy now. <laughs> <laughs> this, this child hilarious. So eventually we get through and then I, I turn my phone back on. And then obviously it was no, like no caller ID. So I'm, I can't call back. And I'm like, oh my God, my moment's gone. And like I've, my grandparents are there. Like obviously my granddad's still not really well because, you know, we had to like stand it by day. And um, we're, everyone's like so like, like flabbergasted like that is the right word because nobody really knows what's going on and then um he calls back again and then he was like talia glad i could track you down absolutely love your voice it's one of the best soul signatures i've heard in like 20 years um i loved your website which was this like little pink thing that i'd made at the time (laughs) it was like flamingos it was hilarious which made me laugh even more that he'd gone and googled me um and he was like i love the songs would you like to open my concert in Scotland six months later? So, wow. Yeah. So I opened his concert at 13. From a demo tape? From a demo tape. Five songs in front of 17,000 people. First time to you perform live? I performed live. I think I'd done like, I'd actually done a toy store. One, of, I think one of the school mums was like in charge of this toy store and she asked me and I was like, yeah. So, but realistically, is this my first live performance? Yeah. Like, 70,000 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was incredible, like really incredible. And I think from that moment onwards, like it's just been the most incredible journey. You you say incredible. I, I, I say pressure. Well, I mean, for 13 year old. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I do have a very old soul from young. Like I've always been so sure that this is what I want to do, which I think is the greatest gift in life anyway you know actually Mm. having a passion something that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning and that is a gift in itself and I think I it's a very very difficult path I've chosen in terms of there's I feel like every every time I get older I feel like now at 23 older and 23 are not in the same (laughs) sentence less young okay (laughs) yeah I feel like where I am now I feel like I'm really starting to 
get where I want to be in terms of music, writing the songs, being in with all the right producers with this 10 years of experience. And I think I'm so lucky to be able to be 23 with 10 years experience because this was not like an easy journey. Like uh, the way I explain it is I have had so many moments, almost moments. Like I have lost kind of the amount of times I've been so close to like getting, getting that, that, that one thing that's going to like tip me over the edge. And for the people listening, it's like, for me, my dream is to be in the charts. I want to be, you know, I want my, my, my songs to regularly be on the radio. Like that to me is success. So yes, I don't stop. I am constantly on it, but in my eyes, I'm like, but I've not achieved my dream yet. There's no problem that it's not happened yet, but it will, you know? And I think that's that, that's that fire that, that I just keep going with. It will is a very, I'm smiling because I, in my current happiness career, I'm what, seven years now, seven years of work, but five years of being out there and it's actually starting to happen. So my, my mission of a billion happy has always been accelerating and, you know, a lot of people hear my work and so on, but now more and more, I, I feel that it's actually reaching, like, you know, every person is telling five people exactly as we designed it. And it took seven years, but I'm old and bored with life to, to hear that from a 23 year old is actually quite insightful. It will happen. You know that it will happen. And you know that it comes with a few a few bumps on the way, a few disappointments, perhaps a few soul searches where you try to find yourself. When I heard the story the first time, you were singing jazz or soul? Jazz, yeah. But you're not singing jazz or soul now. So I, my my roots are jazz. Like I grew up listening to like Ella Fitzgerald, Dinah Washington. Like that was, those are my idols. And in terms of like Amy Winehouse has always said her idols were yeah. the soul legends. Yeah. And I think... I think even every pop song, you know, these big singers, Adele, like that, that's everyone, like big, powerful vocals that we all are, are taking that elements of jazz. If you really think about Absolutely. it, Absolutely. Um, even like J. Cole, he's my favorite rapper. Like he's constantly talking about the fact that like jazz is the root of all music. So that will always be there for me. I think now definitely more R&B. R&B is like the stuff that I listen to like every day. I love Summer Walker and like Give You On. So, so what's, what's that, uh, uh, What's that shift? Which of them is true to you? Are they both true? Yeah, R&B is where I feel, that's what I enjoy singing the most. Mm. I enjoy performing the most. Um, Jazz is like my calmness, whereas Mm. like R&B is like, I feel like who I am inside. You know, like that person that I, I come alive with. You know, I feel, I think the most important thing with music is can you make someone feel something? And the only way you can make someone feel something is if you're feeling it yourself. And I feel like this is why it's really difficult because, you know, you hear about artists coming, going all the time, but I'm never blaming them because there's so many people around. So, you know, these big stars that they actually forget to feel themselves. You know, they forget to feel this, this passion that, that got them there in the first place. Next, you know, if you're not feeling it, then how do you expect a fan to? Mm. So I, I, I watched two of your songs. Again, I, I just don't, I'm yeah. not part of the real okay. world. I'm not part of the real <laughs> world. But they were, in my vocabulary, they were very raw. Yeah. They were basically how a girl in her early 20s should actually yeah. express how she feels, right? And this next one, Boyfriend, is coming out. I'm guessing it's probably going to be the same. Yeah, this one, to be fair, this year has been the biggest... I know everyone's always like the journey, but this was really probably my most challenging year yet. Is it? Was yeah, it? Why like, is that? 
I think last year I got my first ever music manager and I, I'm one of these people that's like, if something goes wrong, it's my fault. I will never blame <laughs> anyone else. Oh, like, that's a tough place to be. It's a tough place to be. But I think in my industry, it's the only place to be because no one's coming to save you. Mm. And this is something my mom taught me. But at the end of the day, I think you actually said it in one of your podcasts. You were like, it's the expectation that disappoints you, not the thing. Mm. So if you're expecting all these people around you to come and save you and help you and give you this break, then you're just going to be constantly disappointed. So if I'm in charge, if I'm making the rules, then who can who can make me cry? Mm. So basically, I just, last year, it was a brilliant year, but I got, I got him with this music manager and he was like, you really just need to music you know and and he took my songs off spotify and went for the music and i respected him so much but he made me say no to all my like tv shows but my tv shows are what pays my rent my tv shows are what gets my instagram deals that then pays for my rent that allows me to be a singer that allows me to you know pay for my mixing and mastering you know i have no let's not skip this because i don't think most listeners understand that yeah when you're in the spotlight you're so glamorous don't miss her 2022 uh, dress, okay? Uh, the Brits Awards. So glamorous. The spotlight is always on you. Yeah. And people forget, okay, that to to create your art, you actually have to pay your rent. Yeah. And and the rent when you're in that spotlight is a little higher than when you're not, right? So so how is that for you? I mean, you have those two almost businesses, yeah. right? Or, or two passions, if you want, where on one side you're doing things to make money and on the other side you're investing that money in your art. Correct. How does that work? What's your revenue stream? Yeah, so first things first, I come from an amazing family. My mom and dad are very hardworking. They have made me who I am. But I'm one of four and my parents are very strict. So my dad, you know, he did neuroscience at university for like eight years. He is like probably just like you, very intelligent. Oh, thank you. I'm not. I just read a lot. He reads a lot. (laughs) And um, my parents were always like, look, if you want to be the singer and you don't want to go, I was very smart in school. They're like, look, if you're not going to go to university and you're not going to go do law or medicine, you're going to have to, you have to do this yourself. Not in terms of I've got a house if I want to move back home to my mom and dad, but if I want to live in this incredible city that is London, I have to sort myself out, which is the greatest thing I think anyone could ever do to you like I'm not just give you that freedom but also that like I've got to do it if I want this I've got to do it so um I got my first ever like flat last September and by January came I literally could not afford my rent I could not afford my rent and this is the thing. I'm on the Brit Ward red carpet. I've got all this buzz around me. But yeah, I'm like, I, I just can't afford London. It's so expensive. London is so expensive. It's so expensive. And I'm, I'm 23. I'm like, okay, but it's fine. You know, I'm always like, there's always a solution. So I moved in with my sister and my sister is incredible. She's a year and a half older. She's in finance. She has an amazing job. She constantly travels all around the world. And um, she's like the party queen and the fun one. And it was just so funny because... I can't believe that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. More than this. More, more, yeah. (laughs) So she was incredible and genuinely saved me. And she was like, yeah, Dan, you just come and live with me. So my sister had a one bedroom, one bedroom. Um, She's 25 and I'm 23. So yeah, she travels all the time. She wasn't really there. But suddenly I'm like living in my sister's house with like suitcases and out of like bags and I'm like this is hilarious because like I'm constantly creating this image of like you know we're, we're, we're smashing it but I think this is also really important because I try and talk about this on my TikTok a lot in that like 
because of all these love islands, sure you probably don't know. I feel like as <laughs> young Sorry. people, I heard of the name though. <laughs> there's this pressure of like this overnight sensation. I.e., you go on one of these giant shows and then overnight you're just a millionaire, which is incredible for those people. But it's like 0.2 percent of the population that are going to get that break. So it's like, if anything, I want to be the proof of like, look, if you actually just keep going, you stick to your path. It's going to be a bit of a rocky one. But you can get the same outcome in just a longer time frame, but probably more fulfilling. You know, I, I, I'm so grateful for that experience of like, oh my goodness, like I get the bus and the tube everywhere still till now. I got the tube to the Brit Awards, okay? No in way. That outfit, no I got the tube. Way. I swear. I can't believe that. Yeah, I mean, that. I had like this like fur coat, this the, giant the, the blue coat, fur. The coat nobody noticed, yes. but yeah, 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 that giant yeah. blue fur coat over me on the tube, and I was like this. All the way oh to North Greenwich. Oh my God, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. The tube is more efficient though. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I feel like that happened. I picked up my keys to my flat two days ago. I'm back in my own flat after like six months of living at my sister's. And I think she was probably very, very excited to get rid of me. But <laughs> I just made it my mission that the entire summer, I was just going to not stop working, build my TikTok, build my revenue from my TikTok, my Instagram. And now I've just paid for the mixing and mastering of two new songs and I've got a new song ready to come out, Boyfriend. So, you know, I think this is a pure example of like, you just have to keep up the fight with yourself. And I think this is why I actually reached out to you because about three, maybe it was three, four weeks ago now, I was in Hyde Park and I was literally crying. I was crying. Walking. All I do is walk. I just, I just, I love walking. I just walk, walk, walk. Every time I have free time, I just walk and I love Hyde Park. And I was on listening to one of your podcasts on Spotify and I was just like, you just, I don't know, you just like totally transformed my mood. And I, by the end of that podcast, I was happy. I genuinely was happy. After I was crying, I was trying to sort this new fly. And like, everything was just a bit on top of me as it is. And you were just like, happiness is a choice. And I was like, maybe it is. Maybe <laughs> it is. It's like, maybe it is. I was like, why? Like, why? The only person that's made me feel like this is me. Because of my choices and the thoughts going through my head. And it just, it cut so deep because I am so obsessed with understanding like I'm obsessed with understanding things, which is my greatest strength, but also I think my biggest weakness. So like this year with all these like ups and downs, I'm like, I'm constantly like, well, where did it go wrong? But my mom's really good in that. She's just like, but that is life. Sometimes things just happen. It's, wrong. it's yeah, it's a there's no, there's no, you can't constantly be searching for why somebody did this to you or why, what, what was wrong about them that they did that? Like what were, Stop, Talia. Just let it be. I have so many things I need to talk to you about. <laughs> I hope I don't forget them. So I'll take okay. them one by one. Okay. So, so Talia, you being such a famous influencer, I have to say I love this one so much more. <laughs> it's the truth. I, and, and I think our listeners don't have the joy of being in the room with yeah. you. Yeah. But to, to see the passion and the energy and the, you know, the resilience and the excitement and the, the truth, like there is such a beautiful heart uh, that is popping out of you. And yet the world wants the other one. Yeah. How do we balance that? Is there a way at all where someone like you can be seen for the woman I now see, not the woman on Instagram and TikTok? Well, I've been thinking a lot about this in terms of... When I, we'll probably talk about this later, when I was 15, straight after Elton John, 
I got this five album world deal with Capitol Records in America. Drake's lawyer signed me. We spent literally six months setting up all these American companies for me to sign this deal. It was ridiculous money. It was Ron Fair who was the A&R, who did like the Pussycat Dolls and discovered Christina Aguilera. Mm. So Ron was like, this is it, Talia's it. The most incredible voice, you know, two years on from Elton. Had a book deal with Scholastic. He's like, this is it. So... We spent like six months signing it. The moment I signed this deal on the line, three weeks later, like nothing, like just, it's just gone radio silent. We're like, what? Radio One just started playlisting one of my songs, which I'd released straight after the Elton thing. And there was all these good things happening, but nothing on this end where the excitement was six months strong. And then suddenly, and my A&R, Ron, got fired, like fired. And obviously we're so new to this industry at this point. And... Steve Burnett, who's like the head of Capital Phones is up and he's like, we're going to make you Katy Perry. Katy Perry's like everything I'm not. I love Katy Perry. Like I listen to her all the time, but I can't sing like Katy Perry. I'm not that kind of, I'm not that singer. And um, they were like, phone our lawyer. And we're like, what's going on? And they're like, I'm really sorry to break this to you, but your A&R is like the captain of the ship and you're like his child. So if your A&R is gone, nobody else in that label is going to care about you, want you or be passionate about you. So we have to get you out. And I never released a song with them, never released a song with the record label to this day. And we spent another like six months getting out of this deal. And every penny that was the deal, we literally had to spend shutting down all these companies and stopping it. Okay. So that was, that's like. At 15. Yeah. And I'm still going to school in Scotland. So no way. Yeah, I'm, I'm like kids were texting about uh, you know whatever it is dates yeah. that they're going through, and you're texting about setting up companies in America. Yeah, but in Scotland, I talk about this a lot on my TikTok. Scotland is brutal for wanting if you want to do anything and like kind of stick your head above the water. It is cruel. It is. I mean, I think it, it's bullying is bad at school anyway, but in Scotland, it's just a particular kind of like bullying like really so I feel like this is where I got my thick skin from mm. more from the school because people in my class laughed at me for Elton John like my whole school laughed at me like it wasn't it wasn't like famous in school it was like oh my god look at her how embarrassing how embarrassing embarrassing and what they would that be they printed out pictures of me like like with like just being you know that were in the press at the time and they'd like throw them at me like it was something out of a movie so I like totally at school I just genuinely went into like studying and I would literally go into the like library and study on my own because I just couldn't take everybody constantly bullying me. Like it was so bad, but again, made me who I am. And if I hadn't gone through all these things, I, I don't think I would have the courage to keep going now with all these things. But my point was, I think now with these two people, you know, people want this glamour, this glamour side, this like Kylie Jenner Instagram, which we can absolutely do. But I think the real side of me who is like a fighter, like I am very, I've discovered recently, I'm actually very emotional. Like I'm a very emotional person. I just have this very thick skin on me that's like, you know, don't fight me. But I think now with my music, this is the side of me that I'm able to show in my songs. And I'm excited because I feel like I've found my voice and the message I have to say. Because I think that's the more, most important thing. Like, what are your songs actually saying? What do you have to say? Well, this is what I have to say. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know how to say it. I'm going to just say this. Yeah. When I host celebrities on slow-mo, it's almost always the most difficult conversation for me. Simply because sometimes it's hard to see the real human. Yeah. And sometimes 
I don't know how to say that. Sometimes this, the real human has died. Sometimes you stay in the spotlight so long that that real human is gone. And, and in, in my in my feeling of I'm at awe really of, I know 50 year olds who would not have that level of resilience, who would not have that level of, you know what? Yeah, it's tough, but I'm just going to go through it. And once again, I'll just say what I said. I, I don't know how you can put this out there because if this is what people see on, I mean, I hope people will listen to this, your followers on social media, because I don't know if they know that side of you. Probably not, no. Yeah, and it's, I remember your interview. I mean, I, as I always do, I uh, stalked you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> don't <laughs> so, we all? So I, I prepare really well for our, for my conversations. And so uh, I watched your interview on some news channel right the next morning after the Brits Awards. Yes, yes, yeah. okay. And you're still properly... You know, I'm I'm here, I'm awake, I'm fully in there, you know, which we probably got like two hours of sleep. Yeah. So let's go to the other side of this. If you don't mind me saying, because again, I, I told you I have so many questions. You could simply be very comfortable with your social media following, just being an influencer and promoting creams, right? Face creams would go very far in terms of revenue. Why the pain of the dream? Why, why are you so putting yourself out there, pushing, pushing, pushing for something that you can do without? Because it makes me happy. Does it? Yeah, like I actually, I started learning piano in lockdown and it, it's my favorite thing to like pastime. Like if I'm overwhelmed, I'll literally go sit on this piano and I love, I think I just love learning. And I think the piano humbles me in that if I'm ever sad, I'm like, oh, but I can get better. Do you know what I mean? So I just sit on this piano and I'm like, God, there's nothing to be crying about. I can, I need to do better, you know? But I love writing songs. There's no happier place than me being on a stage and just performing. I love entertaining. I'm an entertainer, which is why I am grateful that this social media and influencing is there, especially with TikTok, because I see myself as an entertainer. I'm here to make people laugh and happy. And I know life is very difficult. And I'm, I know how lucky I am to be able, my problems are just, you know, nothing compared to some other people. So I know that I have to be grateful for that as well, of course. So I think if I can share and make somebody else smile then that's amazing but for me the music makes me smile you know being in the recording studio writing songs just even being doing my house and singing it's just what I love to do and I think that's the only thing that really makes me want to jump out of bed in the morning and like you know how lucky that at least there's almost like a plan and, and I've got a reason that I can you know make money to then keep going through socials. Okay, so let's go to the opposite side of this. Yeah. I also see you in the influencer on Instagram. Yeah. So it is, it's quite interesting because very often those things switch me off. Right, right okay. Uh, but you, you dress so beautifully and attractively and you're dancing on, on your posts and so on. And I'm like, no, she actually is dancing. Yeah. She, she's not pretending to dance for the shot at least the few that I saw, felt like, yes, there is that bit of celebrity influencer thing of like, yeah, look at me. But there is someone under that skin that actually is enjoying yes. this, right? 
is there reality? I mean, you've you've been so open and candid so far. Is there reality uh, in what we see on social media, or is this all scripted for you? I think for me, I've made a really big effort to just be more myself this year. Like, definitely be more goofy, just have fun with it, you know, and and dance and just be unapologetically myself. And I think that's something that I've really learned to be this year. And I think I was in the studio one day at the start of the year and I was crying. I've cried so much this year. And I was, I've never been a crier, by the way. I do not cry. Welcome like, home. <laughs> Welcome to life. I, this is what I'm saying. So this year has really been the year of like, this was definitely in my fate to like experience this year and like coming in tune with my emotions. And um, he was like, look, as long as you're making the music you're doing and this you're enjoying what you're doing, then you absolutely will get there because it's the enjoyment that's going to take you there. When you get too caught up on the song for the charts or the signing the big record deal and you're just a puppet, like I've got no problem with these. Amazing if you want to do it. But you know what? As long as you're enjoying it and got a roof over my head now, (laughs) that's the biggest blessing I can have. Yeah. You always will. You know that. Yeah. Someone like you, you will always have a roof on top of your head. Yeah. And you will always be crying. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how life is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This, but this, I, I'm, I, I feel like now I'm in a really good place. Like, I think I. It's funny because I think the the middle of this year, which is kind of what my song is about, I got my heart broken for the first time. Now, this is so cringy to me because I am someone who does not speak about like emotional level. Like, I would never like admit I was crying. Like, I'm very like, I think maybe from the bullying at school, I have always been taught to like, you can't crack me. Come at me. Yeah, you, very Scottish, you I can't, have to admit. You right? can't. And I, Thick skin is very important. You yes. can't appear to be weak. Yeah, yeah. and even the, the worst day when I always think that's like a memory that just doesn't leave my head was when I was in my final year of school and I'd had, I said to you when I was like young, like 14, 14, they'd throw like my pictures at me. But this was the, uh, there was a year above me and there was this guy, this really popular guy. And he threw a pen at me when I was walking down the stairs and the whole corridor laughed. It was just a pen. It doesn't hurt. But like, oh my, that was the first time that I was like, I think I'm going to crack. Like I genuinely felt like I was going to cry in front of them. But it was like, no, no, I'm not. As if. And I, I just gave him a look of like, like, you can't, you can't fight me. Like, look how tough I am. And you can't, you're not going to win. I'm not going to let you win. But he had one. I was crying inside. And um, <laughs> my point was that this year, i.e. just actually allowing myself to, I don't know, maybe be in love. I'm saying maybe because I'm embarrassed, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's, it's, I'd never experienced heartbreak before. And I think being so vulnerable and then being shot down is a different kind of pain that I'd never experienced before. So all of these things put together, I just feel like this is now the part of life that everyone was telling me was going to make me who I am, if that makes sense. I'm very intrigued by the story. <laughs> who, who's the idiot that broke your heart? I know, I'm not even saying it's bad. I'm just, I'm embarrassed because I, I'd never, I'd never like, I'd never made time for like guys. Like I, I swear, I'm so focused with work. I'm so, I just love what I do. I just, I would never even just be like messaging guys. Like even like last year, I think was when I started. Like genuinely at 22 years old. Like everyone just thought I was insane, but like, I don't know. I just like, you know, I just saw it as a threat, maybe a threat, you know, like tears, disappointment, emotion. And this year I was like, oh, in that face. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that face lasted five minutes and then. <laughs> <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> it was done. It was done. But, you know, it's great. I feel like I'm coming into my own. The truth is if you're not heartbroken a few times, 
And I say a few times, you'll never find real love. And there is, I think this sounds masochistic, but there is a joy in that whole pain of love, if you know what I mean. It's not just about being given what you wanted. I think there is a joy in loving itself in telling yourself I was able to feel that way. Yeah, he was an idiot, didn't deserve it, or maybe did not, it wasn't the right time or whatever. But but there is a joy in that. I could love, yeah. I think, is a very interesting feeling. You know, you know what I you mean? You know what? That's the sad thing about this whole thing. I've never, I don't look at it and I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm actually really grateful because I never knew that I was that kind of person. Like, I would wake up in the morning and I was so happy. Like, so, so happy. And I couldn't believe that, like, that that's what that feeling was. And I'm like, well, of course that's what that feeling was. I'm so glad I got to experience it. And my mom was like, well, this is why Taylor Swift is here because there's no better feeling than that joy of like loving someone and just feeling like you're not alone. You know, like we actually both care each other about each other. I think that is like the nicest thing in the world. And I'd never experienced that before this year. So yeah, I got my heart broken. But and if, I, if, I, if I think about it, I don't regret it. You said a funny thing on your podcast. You were like, when you ask people if they... The eraser test. If yeah. They, if they would take away the... If they would... Yeah, the hardest parts yeah. of their life. Yeah. Yeah. 99.99% would not. Not going back. Everything is a lesson and, yeah. and, and incredible that I got to enjoy, experience it. and. You do realize every young man listening to my podcast now is going to bombard you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, th- oh. I think... If you don't mind me saying, this is the most beautiful I have seen you. Oh, being, being this vulnerable. So, it's, it's not about the dresses and the dance yeah, and no. the fit body. And it's not. It's about being that. It's about feeling that. What zodiac are you? What star sign are I'm you? I'm a Scorpio. Oh, hello. Now we get it. All right, people. This is the summary of the podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are a Scorpio. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Scorpio through and through. Like, I have, like... I think four of my like houses are all Scorpios too. Like I'm a no bit, way. Yeah, it's really. I have never seen. That. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Like I'm okay. like I am the definition of Scorpio. Can I move a little bit back? <laughs> <laughs> if I say anything yeah. wrong, please yeah. forgive me. <laughs> I've got I've got a Pisces in there, which I guess is the oh, emotional. Oh, that's not the easiest one either. Yeah, it's emotional. A Pisces for a woman. Yeah, oh my god, that's like twelve women. I know. I yeah. know. And then I do have a Virgo, but I, I get the Virgo because I've got a lot of Virgo friends, and that's very like perfectionist hard on yourself uh-huh. like so uh-huh. I, I i totally get it and, and i asked you earlier your star sign you yeah are... we don't we don't discuss those on <laughs> slow-mo do we <laughs> i love star signs i actually love them i um like i said i i i'm totally obsessed with like understanding why uh-huh. about anything and i'm like if i understand the star sign like i can understand you a wee bit better like you said we're never showing the real version of ourselves but at least if i if you know someone's star sign you can kind of like figure the things out yeah. that they're hiding and also the reason why they're giving you that version of them and not the real version of them There's oh a, is that understood yeah, as well yeah exactly like if you know if a virgo's you know quite reserved well you know that that's actually because he's quite insecure perfectionist hard on himself you might think he's being angry to you but he's not that's only a reflection of himself just all these little things you know which i think is incredible mm. also this feeling of like we are all just one you know like we you know i think we're all you know fighting hating whatever 
we're at, you know, there's only, well, how many star signs are there? 12. How many are there? 12, yeah. 12. Yeah, so yeah. there's only 12 star signs. There's only 12 of us. Oh, but, the, but if you do the mathematics of the variations. <laughs> I, I know, I knew you were oh going to say this. Everything God. is math and the, the, algorithms. The, the, the math of, I know. Of, of, you know, you have your star sign and then you have your, your rising, moon, your, your rising, yeah, right? yeah. And, and, and so if you just do the combinations of yeah. 12 to the power of four, that's quite significant. That's a very okay. large number. Well, thank you for shutting down my... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's the reality of who we are, yeah. is, that, is that there are so many varieties. I think my entire life experience has been centered around that view uh, that humans are so different, yet exactly the same. Yeah. It's so weird. It's, it's almost like, and it's difficult to put in words and analysis, but if you just lean back and watch the story of our life, everyone else will be heartbroken when they're 23, 27, yeah. 16, right? There is that first love and then first heartbreak and then first disappointment and then first adventure and then first one night stand and then first, you know, you just go through those things. And I, I actually had a conversation with my mom. I think I was 41 or something. And I sat her down, my mom is like, super, super, super sweet. And she knows what she's doing, right? And I sat her down and I said, mom, why didn't you tell me? And she said, what? I said, why didn't you tell me that this was going to be my life? It's identical. It just happens to everyone. You go through this and then you go through that in different variations and different timestamps. But it's the same. We all go through this. We all chase money. Then we all don't like money. Then we all, you know, fall in love. And then we all go through the, the difficulties of raising, you know, and so on. And she answered and said, why should I? And I said, you know, you to prepare me. And then she said, and where would have the fun been, right? That's the whole game. The whole game is, you know what? You're gonna look back at this and, and boyfriend, which hopefully will be quite big because it's honest and true and go like, wow, that was an interesting experience. That was something I didn't like at the time, but it made me who I am, right? So on Star Signs, uh, my friend Nora is coming on the on slow mo uh, later in the year or early 2023, where we decided that she's going to read my chart. Oh my gosh! Why did I, have to I tune do in. that? Why? <sighs> Why? But you know, we were think thinking of a of a fun way of helping people see the reality of zodiacs, and she said, uh, maybe." maybe we should read you. I'm like, okay, because my life is not open in the public enough. Yeah, let's just give people all the knowledge they need. So I want to go to celebs gone dating. Celebs go dating. Go, go dating, yeah. Okay, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly. Oh, really? Oh my God, like you, you're on a date with a camera on you. And there was this guy that was... So I watched a couple of those again to prepare. I have to tell you, I struggled to stay until the end of the clips. I did. I the did three minute clips. <laughs> yeah, I did eventually. Oh, wow. but, but but how can you be true at all? I think that's the fun of it, though. I think at the end of the day, all people in television, especially like reality TV, we are there to entertain. And we are there to make 
people smile and laugh and you know you have to understand that you know most people are watching it at home you know on a Friday night they've just come home from work like we want to put a smile on people's face but I can say celebs go dating one of the best experiences like, was it up there with one of the best I think did you end up dating anyone I, I oh no I went to the finale on my own uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah but I made that was my first experience of showbiz like proper like I, Gemma Collins was one of the celebs on it and that was that it was actually the, the highest rated season we had like Ollie Locke we had Jade Jones and Olympian we had Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea so it was an amazing it was an amazing cast Everybody was so friendly. I think I had no idea the scale of what goes into these TV shows, i.e. we're filming for a full three months. They were filming the dates for hours. You know, you've got a massive team of production who are constantly looking after you, cameras, you know, cars, like everything was meticulously organized and you really did feel looked after. And I think because you know, if you think of my music, like, I, you know, it was kind of a one-man band on that essence, actually being there in this, like, environment of so many people caring about you, looking after you. Yeah, it only lasts for three months, but, like, I was, like, how amazing that I got to experience that. And I was 19 at the time. So loved every minute of it. You did? Loved every minute of it. And what were the possible outcomes? I mean... Oh, the only outcome was I was going to end up single. I mean, there was... Was uh, there? Yeah, I think, Did you tell them that before they signed you up? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was only 19 and there, I wasn't exactly going to be dating people on TV then. I mean, I totally probably don't know that I've like experienced who I am. But at 19, who knows who they are, you know, to be knowing what they want. And I mean, actually, I take that back. People do date from younger, but because I had no experience dating didn't really chat to anyone in school and I left school at 16 by the time I'm 19 I'm like what do I know about love <laughs> what do I know what am I looking for so I'm in my 50s what do I know yeah. what do we <laughs> I'm all... writing about it yeah. but uh, what, what do we all know exploring it I had I had the most interesting conversation with a friend of mine and his son yesterday over dinner so his son is probably 23 as well and you know I'm writing finding love as a hyper logical book so I I use mathematics and economic theory and seriously, which in my perception is not going to help you find love. It's not love. Love is not measurable that way, right? But it's to to guide you through the process of dating, which is completely broken, right? And I find it quite difficult, actually, that every time I discuss this with anyone who's romantic, they go like, no, I'm not interested in this. I just want life to be flowy and broken and, you know, heartbreak and all of that. I'm like, but I know a method. Like, I know mathematics of this. I can actually give you an equation and an economic model. And if you follow those things, you are much more likely to find that wonderful love everyone says no. So I might not publish that book ever. Okay, actually. you need to publish this book. My first question is, the target demographic for that is the people who got their heart broken, most likely probably dumped. So how are you going to convince somebody that's been heartbroken, that's been dumped, that the other person's feeling to get to that decision that they're going to dump you is out of your control? Like, do you know what I mean? How are you going to... The decision not- was not, but to get together with that person in the first place was within your control. And if you knew how the machine works, you would never be with someone that's eventually going to dump you, honestly. Ah. That's the whole point. The whole point is I'm saying, if you end up in the wrong match, you're bound to suffer, right? And the economic problem is much bigger than that because 
depending on what you're looking for in a guy, the number of attempts. So let's say you're looking for three things in a person and each of those is found in one of every 10 people. Okay. This person becomes one in a thousand. You have to see a thousand people to find them if it's just a throw of the dice, right? And so the compounding of the complexity when you spend time with the wrong guy, even if that time is more than one date, right? is basically taking away your ability to find the right guy, which is a 999 away, right? And so the biggest challenge with the economic model is we end up in the wrong places. We just allow ourselves to fall in love with the wrong matches. And if we can stop that, then you can probably find a very simple path to say no before you're too deep, before you're in love, before you're dumped and save yourself 18 months. Okay, or before you dump him, it doesn't matter if you're dumped or you dump him, eventually it's 18 months past or it's six months past or it's six weeks past and a lot of heartache and a lot of emotions that you didn't need in the first place. And my whole approach is to say, look, I can guide you to say no so that the one you say yes to is right. And then if the one you say yes to, I use business models to say, it's a bit of an exchange. It's not, you know, love is beautiful. But if you are poking her in the ribs every morning, you're likely going to break up. So can you please stop making it that way? Anyway, this is me pitching a book that's a year oh, away. Oh my God, you have to do that. That's so good. But then what about, what about fate? What about if it's meant to be? I was just going to, to ask you that. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you believe so much in Zodiacs, is it fate? I mean, I, are, we, are we meant to be certain ways? Are we meant to get certain places? I believe it's fate. I genuinely believe it's fate. I don't think somebody comes in to your life for no reason. Everything has a purpose. Like the person I am after this guy is like... Who's this guy? This guy's like <laughs> someone needs to get him to me. <laughs> no, no, you'd be very disappointed to be fair. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You just really broke your heart, his heart I now know. if he listens to the podcast. Oh no, it's fine. I think, yeah. You, you think it's fate? I'm a much better person now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm definitely more maybe kinder to myself, you know, I think, you know, kinder to myself in that, like, you know what, we don't, it goes back to my mom saying no one's coming to save you, you know, it's just being content with exactly who you are. And then you're never, you're going to be all right. You are going to be all right. I have no doubt you are going to be all right. Let me ask you this. So you, you have not lived the life of a teenager. Hmm. You are now only allowing yourself to live the life of a 20-year-old, which I think is remarkable, if you ask me, because I, I, I didn't live the life of a teenager or a 20-year-old either, because I was very, I don't know, very serious about my learnings and my thinking and so on. But I have to admit, these developments are also important, especially if the world is looking at you that way which you seem to be a little older as a soul, but if the world is looking at you that way, you you should have those experiences. Is that something you're considering now, you're opening up to? Is that something that you're saying, okay, you know what, let me just live a little? Yes. So it was actually after lockdown, I didn't drink. 
like I'm saying that like wow it's <laughs> because <laughs> so I drink now no, I look did. at me I developed <laughs> no, even when I filmed celebs go dating I didn't drink and like that's the one thing they like pride themselves on they'll just feed you alcohol every minute so that you know the dates are fun I just didn't drink all the way up until that's interesting yeah. a TV show where alcohol is favored yeah. oh my god yeah. all right yeah. yeah um and I didn't drink until lockdown the end of lockdown and I started drinking and ever since then and I stopped. <laughs> no, I just think my, my main thing is like, you've just got to enjoy it. Like these, these ups and downs, these heartbreak, these tears, these whatever you're crying about, they're coming regardless. Doesn't matter what you do. And I think this is what I'm trying to learn to accept. So I might as well just enjoy it all. So, yeah. I think, I think that that's the one I saw in those, uh, in those posts. Yes. If you enjoy it all, I think you'll probably connect more to the group of people who have idealized you in a way, uh, but didn't see that 23 year old, right? Yeah. If you guys are listening, sh yeah, this is the one. All right. <laughs> so, Talia, when you spoke about celebs go dating and the entire crew and so on, you said that when you make a song, it's different. Yeah. So what's the process of that? So um, now I, within the last couple of months, I've been writing with the most amazing team, Ray Michael Jr., who's a producer. And um, there's Billy and Joe, who are writers. And this is the first time I've really had like, I would say a t like a team, like a little writing team, producing team. And they are absolutely incredible. They did Broken, they did Boyfriend. They've done the third one, which is going to follow up. And I think I've always dreamed of having people that really understand me and write with me around me. So you're not so much on your own. But again, it's all part of the journey led me to those guys, you know, yeah. being able to, you know, they're stars in their own right. So even them wanting to work with me is a win. So this is all part of like evolving into the artist and becoming her mm. and I think last year I now Rogers from Chic has supported me for years and um last I think it was November actually it was on my birthday October 30th so like right about now he invited me to Abbey Road mm. Abbey Road Studios and I actually started helping him with his TikTok and then um he invited me like three days in a row. And by the third day, I was writing with Niall and an amazing guy called Zach Witness, who's this um, producer who's like done Dua Lipa. And I thought, oh my goodness me, like it is really all about just showing up. Mm. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Like I've been in the process of my live a little, it was my year of yes, where I just say yes to everything. And I promise. But did that year end? No, we're still kind of in it. But it's okay, so I, it's, hold on, I need to ask for some. <laughs> <laughs> it is my year of yes. If there's a, like, yeah, and, and these, like, year of yes moments where I'm just like, let's do it. Let's, like, even just messaging you. Like, you know what? Just let's just open our eyes and start living a little, oh, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think perhaps after... I would say the worst moment, which you actually said in my intro, was X Factor the band for me. I did it in 20, I was 20, so three years ago, right before lockdown. And cut long story short, I should never have gone on that show. Like I, I signed a contract with Psycho to go on the show that I would come out as a solo singer. But then I went on the show and like they edited it all really different. And I, in all fairness to them, 
I, because I've done TV before and I've done celebs go dating where I was a celebrity, I was really excited to go and show me just being me. And I thought it would be kind of like this, like showing the real side of me. I want to be a singer. This is my dream. If it's an opportunity to, to use my voice, then of course I'm going to be doing it. And um, they filmed everybody for like five minutes and they filmed me for like 40, trying to get me to say something that would come across as like a diva or like on a big agenda or thinking I'm better than these other girls. I'm not that kind of person. I would never say something like that. But I'm funny. I, yeah, that's my one thing. I'm, I actually make people laugh. So right at the end of it, I was like, oh my God, it's my dream to be a backing singer. And then like did a little- I know, I saw that, yeah. And that's uh, the only clip they use. It's my dream. As if like, it's wow. my dream to be a backing singer. When we filmed for 40 minutes, like chatting like this. And then when I walked out, they used the Megan Trainor song, If I Was You, I'd Wanna Be Me Too. It's like painting this picture of like, I am amazing and I'm so much better than everyone else. That's not who I am. And that was, you know, so that I think that was the moment that really got me because I was promised one thing and I thought I was there to just sing. And again, that was just not that vibe at all. I don't know, it was just a lot for me at the time. Like I was really, really hurt by that because I thought, I don't know, I just thought there was some sort of good intention there. And then when they the came out, it was only my name all over like the press for this show because it was only a four episode show. So they did just use me for my name, essentially. But I didn't even think, I probably underestimated myself in that I was better than that. I, I didn't need that. But I was just, you know, I, my mum had breast cancer and straight after I did Celebs Go Dating. So I think that's when I was 19. So I just turned 20 at this point. And I was just excited to get back going. That I was like, an amazing opportunity, let's go. So it's just all these things that are, you know... Can I be honest? Yeah. I'm old and boring and I've seen the whole world 7,000 times over. I would have never figured any of that out myself. You're in such a whirlpool of interests and desires and agendas and show business is not an easy place at all. Yeah. And everyone has a reason why they want you to show up, yeah. right? I mean, my reason explicitly was I wanted to meet the girl inside, right? But I had a reason because I believe that my audience will 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 enjoy meeting a real human, yeah. right? And I, th I think that sadly in the world that you're exploring, this quest of finding your way through that maze is a journey that is almost full of first times. Every time, I mean, next time they'll invite you on a show of that nature, you'll go like, not nah, exactly. seen that before, here are my terms. Yeah. But there are so many firsts. It's yeah. it's quite crazy, actually. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually something that when you Google me now, that comes up really at the top after everything. Yeah. And I don't know. And I've tried. And it's just there. That's why That's why in your intro, you're like X Factor the band. It was two episodes I did of a four episode show. But for some reason, and I've done so many things since. Okay, so we're gonna, everyone, everyone, <laughs> we're gonna start Googling. Yeah, please start Googling everything other than that. Yeah, Talia Storm on slow mo. Yeah. So that we make that please. the first one, please. please. All right, so we're, we're just gonna change that. Yeah. Talia, I, I feel you're on a journey to happiness. Yes. You're, you're on a journey to finding the true you. Yeah. And you're on a journey. We're all on that journey. But I felt very strongly that this is like your season of that now. Yeah. How do you define happiness? Oh. I think it's, for me, happiness is like an exciting feeling. Like I'm excited. When I'm happy, I'm excited. I'm very present. I'm very not, present. not okay. thinking about what I'm doing next or what I'm doing tomorrow or what and I'm in that moment. I'm enjoying the time in that moment. And I'm like enjoying the feeling. Because I think for me, I'm, I'm very 
Like I go through a million emotions a day. So just that one that I can really be in tune with and be like, this is great. I can, like I'm, I'm, I'm proud. So happiness could be anything, you know, being proud of myself that I've just got a new flat and I'm living life. Like what a blessing for me. My family are amazing. That's big, big, big happiness for me. Every time I'm in my own little world, I just go and see them and it's pure joy. So if it's being present in that moment and, and liking that moment, any tips? What's your biggest secret? Oh, have you found it yet? I think it's kind of what I've said. It's being okay with things being out of your control, being okay that cool. He dumped me. Fine. Next. Like just move on. Did you just say his name? No, I just okay. said he. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Yeah. So we just move on. Just move on. You know, instead of getting caught up in the past, you know, I need to, for me, I need to stop thinking about the things that have gone and just start thinking of either the right now or like the positive things that are coming. I think it's a mind game. I think every day, every single one of us have to wake up and battle with ourselves to just be okay with what we have going on. And I think that comes back to that, just being present and not looking at everybody else. This is a big thing. I discovered this one in 2020. The moment you're focusing on everyone else around you, especially because we're in this like Love Island world now, which I love the show. I watch it all the time. But don't compare yourself to that. Like I, my friends, they've just graduated uni, all my ones I went to school with, and they're coming out and they have incredible jobs. They're coming out and they're, they're FaceTiming me like, I'm sad. I don't have a house. I don't, I don't have a boyfriend. I'm like, but you have a law degree. You've got an incredible job. You've got, this is your dream. But because, you know, we're looking you, left you and right. You, you don't really know if it's, it's always been their dream. Or, yeah. I mean, have you ever heard a child like that was five years old that said, I want a law degree when I grow up? Like, Yeah, but ever. it's something that they wanted that they achieved and it's yeah. achievement for them. Yeah. So I think whether or not that's a dream, that's a whole different set of worms. But at least, <laughs> at least value yourself for achieving that. That's so hard I'm work. I'm with you 100%. If you've gone that far, I think the idea is celebrate that. Celebrate it. Yeah. Celebrate you, you, it. you may have another journey on exactly. on the cards, but for now, I think you've done well. I think you, know, you need yeah. to celebrate. You know what, Talia? I think you've done well. I think you've, uh, I think you've captured me with your human vulnerability of attempting to go through a difficult path in life yeah. and failing and succeeding failing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. failing and succeeding and recently being heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the beauty of the journey. If you ask me, I think yeah. that's the game. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. And thank you for getting in touch. Thank you so much. And for all of you listening, I will keep trying to remind you that we all struggle. We all are trying. We're all trying to find ourselves. We're all trying to pay the rent. We're all trying to make ends meet one way or another. Believe it or not, even the richest billionaires I know, it's really weird, are still trying to pay the rent. A massive rent for something they don't need, but they're still trying to pay the rent. They're still struggling. And as, as Talia seems to have captured that since a very young age, perhaps the only way is to be okay with the struggle, is to go through it and say, okay, I tried this one, that was a mess. I tried that one, that was amazing. I tried this one and it's not me. And I tried that one and I feel comfortable. And I think if we go through this life, this, this game, if you want, 
in a way that sees it as, as such, uh, you may end up being in that place that Talia mentioned early in her conversation saying, I will make it. I will make it. I think I will make it is exactly what life is about. You know, it's exactly being okay with where I am now, headed to where I want to go. And knowing that if I keep trying and get better and better and better at what I do, I will get there. My only ask of you is on the path there, get heartbroken. It's a good experience. It actually really gets you to connect with the person that you really are. With that, I will leave you to think about your own life, your own dreams and what you want to achieve. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I absolutely assure you, if you were here with me in the room to feel the incredible energy of this Scorpio Pisces, you would have enjoyed it a lot more. Either way, please find a bit of time every now and then to slow down because it really doesn't matter how busy you are today. There's always a tiny bit of time to slow down. I love you all for listening and I will see you next time.